Welcome to the Grace Rancho Podcast. This is where we help you learn what's going on at our church every week on time, coming to you at your inbox, on your phone, through the podcast, the radio, or whatever device you listen to. Welcome. This feels totally normal. Was that recorded? This, yeah, that was, that was really great. Why don't we try that again? Uh, this is where we teach you the what and the why of what's happening at Grace Church of Rancho Cucamonga. And this is the Grace Rancho Weekly Podcast, and we're happy that you're listening this week if you are still here. I have with me um, uh, Michael, the man in the brown shirt, Shara. And I'm here with, what? actually, who are you? If I'm Michael, who are you? Um, my name is Eric. This is the great and venerable Pastor Eric Durso. Uh, you can kiss his ring when you see him on Sunday. But we're here. Please don't do that. This week, uh, just to talk about a few things. One thing in particular, uh, again, to help you understand the what and the why behind what we do as a church. One thing in particular we did Sunday night uh, was you brought up some people who are going through equipping matters and you prayed for them. Yes, yes, we did. That is correct. And the reason we did that is because we think equipping matters, matters. And we want to pray for people who are going through equipping matters. Doubly matters. Equipping matters, matters. Um, Michael. Yeah. Every time we get someone who wants to do equipping matters, mm-hmm. we rejoice, right? Like it's a, it's a good thing. It's encouraging. We, yeah, uh, we like it. It's a great thing. Equipping matters helps you understand, I think, how to be an involved and contributing church member. It helps you think through super uh, certain things and do certain things that assist you uh, in being uh, an involved and helpful church member. Now let's let's play out uh, from now five years. No, let's do farther. Let's let's go ten years from now. This is Eric Durso's favorite game. I love this. Okay. And let's imagine that we've been pretty consistently bringing people through equipping matters Mm -hmm. and they get through it and they've really kind of seen what we do as a church. And then several of those who go through it start helping other people go through it. What do you think would be the result when you play that out for a decade? I would think we would have a large group of our members in this church understanding why we do things as a church. I mean, it's kind of goes into what we're doing here, understanding what we're doing and why we're doing it and being willing and able uh, to contribute in beneficial ways, uh, spiritually beneficial ways, mm-hmm. uh, to the health of the body as we gather on Sundays, as we have growth groups, as we uh, disciple one another uh, in informal ways, as we read scripture together, as we meet on Sunday nights, and so forth. Yeah. I think it would probably, um, because everyone would kind of know what we're doing and why, I think it would create a culture of a deep investment and uh, Lord willing, a culture of discipleship. Totally agree. 
because people would be doing it with one another. Hopefully they're um, deepening relationships and again, play that out over time. And you have people starting to get a feel for what it looks like for them, uh, even though they might be just a normal, ordinary lay person in the church with no official position, uh, they are helping other people follow Jesus by kind of introducing them and assimilating into the life of the church. Yeah. And just to what you said, they're a member. They have an official position. That's true. They're contributing to the body and they've committed to the body to live out our, our biblical commitments together. Yeah. It's a big role. Big role. It is. To be a member of the church, you are taking on some responsibility. You are. And so with that, if you're interested in Equipping Matters, we'd love for you to be a part of it if you're a member. And um, if you're not, it's totally fine. You can be a faithful member and not be a part of it. It's just a tool that we use. But either way, uh, pray for our church that disciples would be continue uh, to be made and built up uh, and equipped through that and just through our lives interacting with one another. Yeah. Disciples making disciples who make disciples. That'd be great. You're in seminary, right? Currently. Yeah. Have you taken any pastoral ministry classes? I just took one last semester. Taught by whom? Uh, the Reverend Austin T. Duncan. Dr. Austin T. Duncan. Uh, any counseling classes in that or uh, segments in that class? Um, not entirely. There are counseling courses we're required to take. That's kind of more of an overview beginning class that I didn't take my first semester. The, the one I've already taken last semester. What, did you, have to, what did you have to read in Duncan's class? Um, a book on the church. Uh, and outlining what we see about the church in scripture, another book about the church. Well, you can give a names. couple novels. Uh, I, you know, I forget <laughs> the master's plan for the church by John MacArthur, uh, church, the church by Mark Dever, um, part of the Christian ministry by Charles Bridges. Um, which of those three would you recommend? To our people. I think the church is a particularly beneficial book by Mark it's, Dever. Yeah. It's, it's small. It's easy to understand. That's the a really great introduction to ecclesiology. It is yeah. super helpful. Um, I, I'd recommend that book, but I think what you're getting at is biblical counseling. How did you know? Uh, I, I see our notes here, but I, I took two biblical counseling classes in college, which ones intro to biblical counseling, oh. uh, which at the time was totally life changing. Just so helpful to understand all we learned there. And then I also took, uh, like a year later, marriage and family counseling. With Dr. Baker. Yeah, with Dr. Ernie Baker. I who, took that same class with Ashley in 2008, uh, the year, the semester before we got married. Nice. You uh, premarital counsel yourselves? Uh, no, <laughs> no, no. But that class was really great. So I had a similar experience in my first counseling class where I kind of blew up certain ideas I had about ministry and replaced them um, with a new kind of paradigm. And, but I want to know from you, mm-hmm. why was that first class in biblical counseling so transformative? It was so transformative because I think, I wouldn't say for the first time, but in depth uh, for the first time, I started to understand how practical the Bible is with meeting 
are the needs that arise with the issues in our lives mm-hmm. uh, and understanding that the Bible has wisdom and guidance and counsel uh, for most things that we encounter. And really it helped me learn to assess my soul, my spiritual state, and help me understand how through the gospel I can be sanctified and and be transformed through the yeah. word of God. I think your experience probably is um, similar to a lot of others. It's similar to mine. I remember having the same thoughts as I was sitting in that first biblical counseling class. Actually, I think my, my biblical counseling introduction was that marriage and family class. But I remember listening to Dr. Baker describe conflict resolution and how totally. to have a good marriage and just thinking the Bible really does speak to all these things and gives really clear biblical wisdom and practical uh, help for like real life problems. Entirely. And it's not that I think anyone hadn't tried to use scripture in that way before, but um, it was just all at once clearly explained and so helpful. Yeah. And Dr. Baker is like the best. Because we, um, sadly, it does seem like people's perception is that the church can deal with salvation issues, uh, spiritual issues, but it, when it comes to like real problems in your life and marriage, um, addictions you have, struggles internally you might face, like depression or despair or anxiety, if you, ro- if you want real help, the church isn't really the place to go. Go see a therapist or a psychologist. Um, and, and yet those classes helped kind of blow up that paradigm and say, no, the scriptures are sufficient to deal with this. And, um, and the church is the best place for people to receive counseling. It was, uh, it was a you know, big paradigm shift for me. And I think, um, a lot of people need to have that same paradigm shift. Yeah. And, and I think part of the reason it was a paradigm shift for me is that I started, uh, to understand uh, sin more and how it really affects things and it's affecting my thinking and how my heart, you know, like you hear, I think it's a Bridges quote, is an idol factory. That just like when you apply that to many things and I'm evaluating myself. It was John Calvin who said that. Oh, was it? Yeah. He must quote it then. John Calvin does, quoted no, Jerry Bridges. Bridges quote it? <laughs> I think Bridges quotes him somewhere. And that's Probably. where I originally heard it. John Calvin. Okay. Well, um, man, I've said that so many times wrong. But uh, who, who would I, really know? Yeah, who would really know? Anyway, let's keep moving on. We're trying to talk about the biblical counseling growth group going okay, on right now. Okay, yeah. We're trying we to talk it. about us. Yeah, but hopefully that helps understand why this is so important. So we, we started and we're in the middle of a six-week biblical counseling kind of 101 foundations class growth group. Um, and we, our, our hope in this is that we can start introducing some of the principles behind biblical counseling. It's really not enough time to go in depth. Um, six weeks, we're just kind of scratching the surface. But hopefully once these ideas start permeating the church, it'll create some traction and we can go deeper. So it's just, it's, hey, let's get to a base level. Let's understand biblical counseling, how it's helpful, maybe what it does, what it is. And the group then is for uh, equipping just kind of a, a baseline st- uh, for some of our members 
uh, to be able to think about that and pursue it further. Is that yeah. kind of correct? Yeah. So if we were to think of what are the basic like foundational doctrines to understand how to counsel people with the, with, um, scripture, what do we need to know? So we, we kind of broke it up into six weeks first, um, counseling in the local church, like how should this play out? Like what methods and kind of, that was also kind of an introduction. Uh, we talked about the sufficiency of scripture that we really believe that the Bible is enough to answer all these questions. Um, what was the next one? The glory of God. Mm. So all counseling is Godward. Like we're not just focusing on fixing human problems. Bigger and beyond that is the, we must focus on how do we glorify God in this? Um, we did uh, biblical counseling and the heart, the centrality of the heart. Mark taught on that the other night and it was, it's so convicting. It's one of those things that you go, oh yeah, that's obvious. I know that. And then you start working out all the different ways we try to change ourselves without really addressing the heart. And you realize we are, um, you know, experts at, at behavioral modification that fooling never fooling ourselves. Yeah. Fooling ourselves that we've changed because we've, we adjust our behavior a little bit, or we try to change our circumstances when in reality, um, our hearts need to change and they can only change by repentance and faith and letting Jesus do the changing. Um, so that was one I'm teaching on this week. We're doing our specific church. How do we want to grow this culture of counseling? Mm. And, and what do we need to happen? Like who, what are we going to be praying for as we move forward? Um, it, and part of that, because it's healthy to have a church that in large part or in some part counsels itself, where you have members interacting in helpful ways and helping one another uh, transform through the gospel, be yeah, sanctified. Totally. We think of it in three ways, like three kind of levels of counseling. The first is everyday counseling, everybody counseling, every member counseling. It's what's happening all the time in our church as people try to love each other. Um, if you think of it like a battle, that's the, your front lines. That's the first thing we do is just we're all counseling each other. Then you got kind of a second layer. If you got someone in your church who's kind of struggling and they're, they're hurting and they're not quite sure what to do, um, and it's beyond just the normal member care of the church, then it's probably uh, helpful to hook them up with some older, wiser, more experienced, biblical, faithful Christians who can just kind of walk with them. Mm. It doesn't have to be this big formal thing, but just kind of teaming them up. Yeah. Um, arm in arm kind of thing. But then there's that third layer. And if we're using the battle analogy, these are the people who, who are wounded, bleeding out and need dramatic and instant and specific help from someone who's, uh, knows how to handle these situations. And, and that's your biblical counselor who's trained, experienced, who can do kind of some of the more formal and intense focused counseling. So we want all our members trained on level one. Like all the members kind of being brought up to know how to encourage one another and speak truth to one another. And then we're praying that from this group, we get some of that level two, like the older experienced kind of can speak wisdom into the lives of people and just walk uh, through life with, with couples and with singles and with strugglers and with sinners and all the different categories of people we have. 
But then we're also praying that the Lord would raise up people who are particularly skilled at identifying heart issues, applying biblical truth, and navigating some of the complex issues that we face. Um, And they could do some more formal and focused counseling. So that would be like training people to be surgeons. Yeah. Like they, they're the ones that really dive deep and, and go, um, you know, deep into the heart of people to help them. That's exciting. That That's really great. I'm sure it's going to produce a lot of fruit now, even from a base level and in the future. Um, but, but it's not one, it's not one and done. No, not at all. You will have more of those, maybe even that same one and more in-depth ones in the future. Lord willing. Um, so look out for them. You might even teach one someday. That'd be great. Yeah, I think actually probably we have several. Is that like a big long shot? Was that <laughs> maybe someday? <laughs> maybe um, in twenty five. I think we have uh, a few people who who could teach it and do a really good job, and uh, I'd love to see more and more people growing in their competency, their understanding, uh, that they also could lead a growth group, kind of discussing the basics and foundations of counseling. Awesome. Hey, we are trying to get done here, uh, trying to not go too long. So in 30 seconds, Eric, tell me, why are you stepping out of Mark and going to Luke 15, 1 through 7 this week? You're going to time me? Is 30 that what that... seconds. Oh, it's going. It's already going? Okay. Um, Jesus preached, repent, because the kingdom of God is at hand. That's what we talked about last week. This Sunday... We're going to look at the parable of the lost sheep and the heart of God. And what the point of that passage is this, that God rejoices in the salvation of repentant sinners. So Jesus is calling for repentance and God rejoices over repentance in the hearts of people. Is that I went like 32 seconds. Yeah, that's too. Totally but you also fine. started no, that, too early. That's so. great. So you're just kind of setting the stage for what we're about to see next in Mark. Yeah. And somewhere it relates to it. It's going to be helpful for us. And to looking at it from this. a different angle. Awesome. And, and one of my hopes is that as we kind of look at the heart of God for sinners, that we are motivated to love sinners like He does, which sets that's the awesome. stage for our evangelistic uh, and being growth fishers groups. of men. That's right. Hey, well, that's awesome. Thanks for sticking with us this week. Uh, we are excited to worship with you this Sunday. And if you've got any time, go pick up The Church by Mark Dever and read it. We'll see you Sunday. See you Sunday.